0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones by Evoking with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. Hi, Chelsea. What's going on? Nothing. I mean, we have another special guest today, which this one we were so excited for. We've been trying to get her on the podcast for a few weeks, but like schedules, busy. Life. Uh, We have Lena the Jesus Witch here with us today. Hi, Lena.
1: Hi. How are (laughs) you? I'm good. How are you?
0: We're good. We're really excited. I was like thinking all day today about all of the different things I wanted to ask you, because I feel like your story, your journey and what you do is so different to anything that we've ever talked about on this podcast. And we know a lot of our listeners came from Abrahamic religion, Mm -hmm. the fact that you are a practitioner that works with Jesus Christ and those other divinities. Fascinating. I I have all the questions
2: I have my notes app up ready to take notes (laughs) because I truly wish as a child in the church I knew somebody like you and it would have just helped so much like the questions that my inner child just has
1: yeah no to be fair I wish I knew somebody like me growing up as well (laughs) I do too and
0: honestly the way that I so The way that I actually found Lena was that I stumbled across your TikTok account, which by the way, after this, please plug your socials. We'll also include them in our show notes too. So follow her.
1: She also has a podcast. It's
0: called the Jesus Witch Podcast.
1: Yes. The Jesus Witch Podcast. I release episodes every Monday. It's all about like Jesus witchery, astrology, all that fun stuff. I have like a ton of guests on there and we just talk about magic through an Abrahamic lens.
0: I listen, I listen, and I actually find that it helps me because I so let me go back to my first. Point. <laughs> let me go back to my first point. I found um Alina on TikTok on my for you page and I saw that she was a Jesus witch. So I clicked on her profile and I was like, I really like what's going on here. So I just followed her just to see what was happening. And then I don't know, your contents just I feel like really healing for a lot of us that come from traumatic just backgrounds.
1: Thank you. I try. Like, I try to, like, post, like, I had a very brief stint in evangelicalism. It was about, like, three-ish, four years. Um, So, I got the brunt of my religious trauma from there. So, I just try to, like, go (laughs) backwards (laughs) off of that and, like, say to myself, what would the church say in this situation? And then say the opposite.
2: (laughs) <laughs> what would the church say? Okay, no. What would Jesus do?
0: Exactly. There you go. That's what but I think that's what I love about you the most is you're like, you're not going by what the church is saying. You're going based on like the teachings and what actual Jesus Christ would say, because I've always said this, we've said this on previous podcast episodes. I like Jesus and I like his teachings. I think when it gets weaponized mm-hmm. and used against people in the wrong way, that's where a lot of us have the problem. So i, I kind of want you to go into your story because however detailed or not detailed if you just want to give us a brief overview because i listened to your first episode where i think you go into it a ton yeah I it's a, to uh,
1: the first episode of the jesus witch podcast is meet lena the jesus witch it's like an hour long of as much of my story as i possibly could throw in there and there's still <laughs> like a lot more <laughs> Yeah, I had a very chaotic ride to get to uh, where I am today. So I was born um, to a Catholic, a casual Catholic family, I would say. My parents weren't like super into it. My dad never went to church. I don't even know if he still believes in God. My mom would occasionally go to church. I know she definitely still believes in God. um, But I feel like she just like has more of like a progressive Catholic lens. You know what I'm saying? So I never really Mm -hmm. grew up in a very strict religious home. Um, I did go to Sunday school, um, in my Catholic church okay. Sunday yep. Yep. until I was in the sixth grade. And at that time when I was in the sixth grade, I started asking a lot of questions. Right. You want to
0: know what's going on? Yeah.
1: Like, I want to know, I didn't understand a lot of like the things, like the gripes that I had was very much like around like queer issues and like yep. women's rights issues and things like that. And I'm just like, I don't understand like. You know how God would create people to be a certain way, and then, yep. they, you know, then they're going to hell for that. That doesn't make sense. We're like me. preach. This is all the things <laughs>
0: you, I thought too when I was in uh catechism. Which, oh God, you oh, having to go to more school after school sucks anyway. So yeah, yeah. No, when
2: I had CCD, it was like I have questions, but then you would get yelled at for mm-hmm. having these questions, and it's like, well, I'm worried about everybody else. Like, aren't we supposed to love thy neighbor? Yeah. And now no. you're telling me you can love them, but they're not gonna, you know, be with Mm -hmm. you in the afterlife because of the choices that they've made. And it's just like, well, I, I have some concerns.
1: Yeah, no, it's really, like, confusing the way that they put it. And I, like, have this really distinct memory of being like in second grade and they like doing like a little test about like the Bible and it was like a written exam. And like, one of the questions was like, how does God hear our prayers? And I'm like, with love. And for me, that's like the foundation of my faith today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it says in uh, Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 18. um, Jesus talks about how, if you want to get into heaven, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you have to be like a child. You need to like learn from children. Right. So for me, I kind of like started it and, and this, this started as a, as a kid, I, if, if my child self didn't agree with that teaching, it probably was wrong. So, um, yeah.
0: I really love that approach. And I got yeah. that when you said it, cause kids are so innocent and they love everybody. Like they don't care. It's like all those other things are taught to us by well, our family, by a product of our surroundings. So I think I like totally resonate with that. And I might actually incorporate that myself in my day-to-day life. That's so beautiful. Like it is.
1: It just—it's like it just—it's kind of what just made sense to me. But anyway, like I was asking a lot of questions because a lot of the teachings, like I started to realize, they were diverting from just being in full love. I feel like that's the year in sixth grade when they really started, or at least I was really aware of like the separation between like believers and not believers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then yeah. standards and whatnot. So I asked a lot of questions. I, and they gave me answers that I was like, well, but like they, yeah, and uh, they didn't like that. My Catholic church didn't like that. And they basically told God. my mom that um, this wasn't the place for me and that they should find a different church for me that I would like um, <laughs> not question as much. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Wait,
2: you can actually get kicked out for asking questions.
1: I don't know if you literally like ken but i'm special so it happened to me oh
0: my god they were like trying to excommunicate you they were like yeah no she's asking <laughs> many things
1: i think they knew because at that point i was like dying my hair i was starting to like dress darker i think they knew that i was not gonna be a catholic by the time i was an adult so they were trying to just like nip me out before confirmation before you nailed your
0: 95 <laughs> theses to the door
1: yeah <laughs> And what does that even mean? Like, you're
0: not going to be a Catholic because of the way you were dressing, like, this is what I can't stand. They already had like yep. this predisposed image of you in their head. You didn't fit their narrative and they were like, peace.
1: Yep. That was literally, it was, it was interesting. And it's so interesting too, because like, I'll go back now and it's like a completely different situation. I'm like, Oh, Lita, welcome back to church. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> like, you guys are <laughs> interesting. OK, um, but anyway, it's, it's you know, I have no hard feelings for my Catholic because like genuinely that was where I learned how to love God. That's where I learned that God was loving. Um, and I actually really appreciate the fact that I grew up going to church every Sunday and learning about him and like really forming my own opinion of him, even in a space where that wasn't encouraged. You know what I'm saying? Like I was able to do that. So I do appreciate where I grew up from. But after I got kicked out, then I went around to like different evangelical churches throughout high school, um, you know, like just trying to find like a different space. Um, at one point I had like even stopped trying to go to church and I'm like, well, let me just be an atheist for a little bit and. That did not work. I, I knew that that was bullshit. Like, not. No offense, if you you're an atheist and you. Yeah, know, yeah, no,
0: no, no. God. I, I, I've been there. I've tried to be atheist too because I had that. I, stint. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think we all do. And then you're like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. so there's something more here, and you just it gotta find what athe- works. Yeah, it was you atheist then agnostic, and then I was like, ah, these aren't working. No, right.
1: no, for some, <laughs> and some people it really works, and it brings them peace to like believe. Yes. That this is yeah. it and that everything is surface level, and that's great. Like I, you know, like power. Whatever brings you, you peace. Like yeah, whatever brings you peace. At the end of the day, that's what I think that we're all meant to be doing here with spirituality is just figuring out what brings you peace and joy and love. That's that's it. But um, so I hop around from church to church to church. Don't go to church for a little while, and then um, then I had my first baby, and my my birth with Dexter was really traumatic for me. Um, I was being threatened the whole time I was in labor that with CPS if I didn't like comply with every little thing the huh? doctors and nurses wanted me to do. It was like really oh not God. a cool experience. Um, so after that, I that's actually when I started to learn about astrology because I wanted to make sense of Dexter's birth. Mm-hmm. However, in the midst of me learning about astrology, I took a hard turn into evangelicalism. This is
0: oh where God the story to be like. This is where, like, the
1: crazy turn happened. Yeah, it's like, like that is that is a I'm wild scared. term. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was, I think I was just trying to make sense of this really traumatic thing that had happened to me. Yeah. Um, and like genuinely, like, was one of the like it really, like, was a, it was really, like, the hard thing for me to, like, a hard pill for me to swallow. And I didn't know how to accept it and cope with this birth. Um, yeah. so I started to go to this church, church, quote unquote, right, um, right. It was it was not a church, it was a cult. <laughs> yeah. And I got myself wrapped up in that for a couple of years. Um, and it was essentially like they would take the Bible, it was called the International Church of Christ. There's actually like a podcast called Cults that have done two episodes on it. Really? Um Yeah. The Church of Christ and Kit McKean. Okay. So you want to learn more about it and like why it's a cult and like why you should avoid that type of church go listen to those episodes it's a lot more eloquent than i could explain it but essentially like it was a very controlling environment that would use the bible in a extremely literal way that provided no room for like interpretation or feeling or thinking about things in any sort of light like they were like a pro spanking church you know anti-queer church you know anti-women speaking in church like if you were no yeah it was weird if you were gonna go to like if you were a woman and you were gonna share your story in front of the church a man would have to introduce you first. Oh
0: so, my God. Yeah. Oh no. I just, I would fight.
1: This one time that my friend, and I got into this church because I went to high school with a couple of guys that um, were in this church. And I was really close friends with them throughout high school. And I actually had went to youth group with them a few times in high school. And I was like, this is a normal, this is a great loving church. They're super happy here, you know? Right. No, normal. Um, but one of the guys I went to with high in high school with, he had to introduce his mom. To speak in front of the church, like That's he crazy. as a like teenage boy or twenty one year old boy had more respect in this church because of what's between his pants than his mother, who's been a member his entire lifetime and has contributed and tithed and discipled and taught and donated.
0: Because, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sorry. I yeah, get it like, back to Money, but
1: it's just like okay, interesting. Um, so I was in this church for a while. Um, it was really like traumatizing and I feel like I needed to experience that because that that's really what helped me like catalyst me into the work that I do today um however the one really good thing about that church is they taught you how to read the Bible all of the okay. Bible knowledge that I have does not come from being raised as a Catholic it comes Uh-oh. from three years as an evangelical um Mm -hmm. because every day every day you would read your bible you'd memorize it you'd go to church like two three four times a week to like stay in the word you know and that like really I got really absorbed with the bible and I really fell in love with that piece of text Mm -hmm. and through reading it I learned that this church was not (laughs) not doing what the bible said you're supposed to be doing
0: so So I have a quick question for you Mm -hmm. what was like the straw that broke the camel's back for you in the evangelical church because obviously you're seeing these things but you're not we've all been there we're not putting two and two together we're like I'm I love reading the text this is what I'm supposed to be doing I was led here but like what was the day that you were just like that you had your coming to Jesus moment your literal (laughs) coming to Jesus moment
1: yeah um so it was it was definitely a long time coming at that point like when I had told like my like main mentor that I was going to leave the church he wasn't he wasn't surprised at all because of the way that I was being treated at that point um oh but yeah I had essentially like I, I, you know, I was coming to the church because I had really bad PTSD after my child was born yes. you know? and that's mm-hmm. like a prologue issue. And I was struggling really bad mentally mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to therapy. Like I was begging somebody to like, give me permission to go to therapy. And I was being told by like everybody that, you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be seeking outside help. I even had a sister in Christ who, um, she is a, she was studying psychology at Columbia University she told me that if I wanted to go to therapy that was just Satan trying to get me out of the church I'm what like, yeah and she's trying to be a fucking therapist I'm like oh
0: my god she's studying psychology why would she ever say I, that to you I
1: have no so that was like a huge oh my red god flag, <laughs> huge red flag for me but what ultimately was like the that book, The Camel's Back, is that we were at a, well, we we were in church and there was this uh pastor, he was from Bend, Oregon. Like I I remember where he was from. Wow. It was like okay. so distinct. And he talked about his time in the army and how he came home and he has, he had really bad PTSD and he was like taking that out on his wife and he was really angry and he was angry at his kids. And, you know, he had the same diagnosis that I had. Right. Granted, they were different like causes, root causes, you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Right. But they're the same, same beast, right? This church is encouraging him, paying for him to go to therapy, you know, driving him. him there, making sure he's getting the help that he needs. But I'm being told that me wanting to go to therapy is because Satan's trying to get me out of the church. That was the day that I realized my only value in this church is as a wife and a mother, and they don't care if I'm miserable, happy, you know, whatever. They right. just want me to produce more disciples. And that's that. So oh, I left. Oh my gosh, Lena, that's so oh true. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah, I shake when I think of that, but you know, it's a good Oh my God. It's, it's such...
0: I don't even, I I'm like speechless because you, I hear of the evangelical church and I don't know if all of them are like this. I'm not sure. And I can't speak upon that, but you just hear of these things happening to people and like knowing someone that's actually been through it and being told you can't go to therapy. You can't do this and know, and just know that you're only supposed to be here to produce children. It's crazy. It's crazy. that they're so and against the Bible. No. Yeah.
2: It's like, okay, we're, we're pro mental health, but only yeah. if you fit a certain mold.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't understand that. They're like the whole, like this whole like premise of like the church was like Jesus breaking your chains, but Jesus was becoming more of a chain while being there. So I was like, no, we can't, I can't do this. And I had like, uh, just found out I was pregnant with my second baby. And I'm like, I am not raising my, my second child in this environment. I exposed my first one to this enough, you know? So yeah, peace right. out and I was done after that.
0: Oh my God. I'm really happy you came to that realization because some people don't. And it's really hard. Like when you are in a situation, because I've been in abusive situations before. And I always say, I don't know how people like they wouldn't, I don't know how they would never, never get out. But it's like, you just don't know until you're out of it. And you're like, holy shit
1: i didn't even realize like how traumatized i was Mm -hmm. by the church until i was literally like recording the episode of the jesus witch podcast on religious trauma with reverend rosie who's another like she's a tiktok pastor and um oh yes
2: i know i know who you're talking about i I
1: literally literally she she's cool i literally like said to her before the episode i'm like i'm Super traumatized from the church, so I don't know how good I'm gonna be in this conversation. And then throughout the whole conversation, I'm like, "Holy shit! I saw some stuff. yeah It all flew back," and I was like, "Oh, I guess I do have religious trauma." I'm just oh. It. oh my <laughs>
0: gosh! So where do you go? So now you're like, okay, I'm leaving the evangelical church because mm-hmm. I'm like, how is she becoming a witch after this? Right? Because oh right now I <laughs> would away from spirituality yeah. this is so just- the
1: first place i went after leaving the church was therapy um good
0: <laughs> i'm really happy for right? you Great. we love that you're a pro-therapy here
1: just, just gonna say that um and i feel like the reason that i was able to keep my spirituality was because i went straight to therapy and i was able to like really dissect the fact that it was not god and it was not jesus who did this trauma to me it was the people who were using his word and his name against me um because if you really read jesus and you read those red letters in the bible right those are the words that jesus spoke it is love there's very few things that come out that are very like condemnation and anything that does come out that way it feels very like off character and it's not written the same way that like the loving jesus is. it looks like there you you go if you read the writing styles and you know a little bit about like you know grammar and things like that you could kind of figure out that these might be different authors, authors? you know what I'm saying? oh
0: wow what do we nope. say on the
1: podcast all the time even
0: with we could relate this to greek mythology right there's also roman versions there's many different things we always say it comes down to the author and who is writing it how many times has it been translated and mistranslated and and when it was
2: canonized and then writing it and then when it was written how long did it take from that to get put in and then oh
1: exactly it takes you know you have to take all of these things into account you know what i'm saying when you're reading like especially especially something that was like politicized as much as the bible was oh yes yes that's i mean and it was Yeah, it's still today it's politicized, but it was politicized way from the beginning, you know, like it started in the Council of Nicaea and it just kept on going from there. Yeah, Probably way before that. Um,
2: I mean, there's multiple authors in Genesis.
1: Yeah. Yep. I and mean, everybody's man. like, no, Moses wrote Genesis. Um, I don't know if he wrote that whole thing, but okay. My nope. guy, can you tell me the time period of
2: Moses and when Genesis was <laughs> written? Like, can- times don't match. <laughs>
1: Maybe match a little bit but you know I, I don't know I mean but apparently Moses was alive for like 300 years so maybe maybe he did who knows? that's true
0: back you then what, everybody I, was like hundreds of years old I always felt that when anyone ever talks about Moses I'm like and they go through the different time periods all the things he said I'm like how long has this dude been alive for like 300 that's like years. what Abraham
1: yeah so like Abraham like
0: a few hundred years old
1: yeah Abraham was something crazy and then there was Enoch who like never died he literally yes. just walked into heaven yeah Who became Metatron? And I'm like, okay, interesting.
0: I actually work with Archangel Metatron and I always think about that story because I'm like, it's just a very interesting, interesting mythological story. I'm still trying to figure it out. So, like, Hmm."
1: Mm -hmm. Like, how did you do that? Like, how did, but where did, like, where did the physical body go? Like, where is this
0: coming from? Yeah. Like, what is going on? But Gods forbid that you ask that in CCD or Sunday school. (laughs)
1: that's what i didn't even learn about enoch until i was like out of the evangelical church he gets buried so far down because they don't want you to question that Mm -mm. you know like they don't want you
0: to be like i never learned about him until he showed about my doorstep one day and i had heard about him but in catholicism they don't teach you about Enoch. i never read it
1: Mm
0: -mm. at least in my church where i came from i never read it but i the interesting fact that you said was like how in the evangelical church, they studied the Bible because I think for me, maybe I would have been more comfortable being Catholic. If I actually read the Bible, like to me, it was like this chore and the, you know, priests, the priests I went to, they're not very welcoming. Like it was always cold. And I'm like, why are we here? Who is Jesus? Why does he feel like he's so far away? He doesn't speak to me. Like he never spoke to me. I I felt when I was younger.
1: I definitely felt like this, this might sound really weird, but I definitely felt more of God's presence in the catholic church than i did jesus
0: now, i i don't think that's weird at all so no. i
1: i i understand that because it's it's
2: all but it's almost as like it's almost kind of the same thing that like you tell kids like about santa mm-hmm. that's what god felt like when yes. i was growing up it's like he's watching and you can't mess up otherwise to the pits of hell
1: yeah yeah. And it was just
2: like, oh my
1: god, yeah, I, I don't get I, like I a do drink. over every year. No, at least with Santa, you get the do over, yeah, right? I, was- I to try again,
0: yeah. No, you can't, no, you can't.
1: Does it doesn't make sense either, like, based off of just you know that logic doesn't even make sense based off of evangelical and that Catholic you know doctrine. Once you're baptized, when you die, God doesn't see your sin, so even if you do sin on earth, like, why are anyway it's
0: just one of those things that does not i
1: know i i feel you You (laughs) we're we're gonna
0: go back to this i think after you get into your story because we have so many questions like we were talking about this this morning like i have so many questions for lena because i feel like you just have a very different outlook and you're you're studying it from jesus's perspective not a hundred you use the bible you work with the bible but you're not like this is it everybody wow
1: we're all going to hell Uh, It's impossible (laughs) to say like one thing is it there's just no it's just it's that would be irresponsible as
0: as I 100% agree with you and we feel the same way and I know on your podcast we talked about it by the way we are on Lena's podcast I think by the time this airs your episode with us will be out so look we're just swapping Um, (laughs) but we we talk about all the time like who wrote it how many times has it been mistranslated was it men writing it most likely always what was going on in that cultural period patriarchy yeah Yeah. um but to so where we left off so you went to therapy you were Mm -hmm. like I have all this religious trauma
1: yeah and I so like I worked through it that way but then as I said before when I left the church I was pregnant with my second baby Mm -hmm. and for my second baby because I had such a traumatic birth with my first I said to myself I can't have another hospital birth that was where I I birthed my Mm -hmm. first so we decided to have a home birth and this was good. before covid so like everybody thought i was crazy but now after 2020 everybody was like wait lena was right and i'm like i don't think it's always good. right uh, A lot but... of people
2: do it the midwives yeah. this just... midwives and
0: uh like doulas will come mm-hmm. and help yeah, oh, well, yeah. They, they were demonized as witches in italian folk oh, practice. Yeah. that's why i'm like always women were always helping deliver babies in other people's homes why is it weird now
1: I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, continue with your story. Yeah. So I had a, I, you know, I had a midwife and like all that good stuff. I had my baby in like a little kiddie pool. But- <gasps> oh, yeah.
2: you had a water birth.
1: Yeah. I love right it. In the, the basement of my home, of my hometown, like my, my parents house. So the house I grew up in is where I, I had my baby. And my That's beautiful, kids. Lena. Aww. But, um, that when I was pregnant with Scott was where I feel like I had my like witchy awakening because he's very witchy himself. Okay. And like, that characteristic like came out of him into me when I was pregnant with him. So one of the things like that happened was um, when I was pregnant, we, my mother-in-law and I were like cleaning out her basement. And she and my father-in-law had a divorce like forever ago, but he left a bunch of stuff in her basement. So we were like cleaning it out. Cause she was having nesting symptoms too when I was pre- anyway um so <laughs> I'm helping her clean out this base bed we find um this tarot box, and I open it. It's my father-in-law's like old tarot deck. It's the Mythic Tarot by Trisha Newell, which is actually this beautiful like Hellen- Hellenistic pagan deck. It's really oh beautiful.
0: my god! I like I gotta um, look it up right now. I'm Oh like, my I- god, do I need it?
1: Um, it's it's like out of print. It's super expensive. I, like, what is it. it called? The Mystic Tarot? The Mythic Tarot by Trisha Newell, and it's was published in eight, 1986. That's oh, it was like wow. a really older deck, and um, I start shuffling it and Scott who's a baby who never moved like I had to get so many ultrasounds while I was pregnant with Scott because I was convinced that he was like he was not like alive anymore because he wouldn't move and my midwife's like Lena like he's fine like he's fine like no I don't believe you I don't believe you so she would constantly send me for ultrasounds (laughs) to like prove to me that he's alive and he's moving. (laughs) He's like not doing it, you know, like my first baby was constantly kicking me. This one never moved. Right. So, um, as I'm shuffling these tarot cards, he starts flipping around like crazy. And I'm like, you know, you've never done that before. That's interesting. <laughs> um, gosh interesting so the ten of pentacles flies out and like he like kicked me really hard when that happened and then he just like stopped all of a sudden I'm like okay that's really interesting so I start using like tarot every once in a while while I'm pregnant with him and he he's very responsive whenever I'm doing tarot like while pregnant and you know like he moves around while I'm doing this I'm like that's really peculiar that he you know like picks up on this so um Anyway, I so then just like that's one thing that happened while I was pregnant with him. And then, you know, fast forward to my birth, and I'm literally in labor at home having the exact same birth that I did with my first. It was like a repeat, but you know, in a safe space in a different location. Mm -hmm. And I'm like praying, like, I'm like saying, My God, I know I don't deserve it because I left the church, but please give me this homework. I know I don't deserve it. And all of a sudden, I feel this energy. And it was like a mothering energy that like stepped in and being like, you deserve it. And then all of a sudden, like things kicked up into gear. And within like a half hour, he was born. And that is where I feel like I met the divine feminine. i was going to say, is it
0: Mother Mary or you? is it Asherah?
1: It was Asherah because I work with her so I think and especially like with birthing and creation and like creating the world I definitely yep. would associate her more with that Yeah. Um, Mother Mary I work with like for gentle parenting kind of thing because she raised Jesus so she had to have been like a super gentle parent so when I would <laughs> scream like crazy at my kids I said Mother Mary what are you <laughs> come help <laughs> so that's that's how I work with her but um I definitely met Ashra at that time and um it kind of like it, it, that just opened a door for me. I was like, okay, there was this very distinct feminine energy. Who is that? How do I get to know her? And so that kind of just fell me down the rabbit hole of like learning about the Holy spirit. And, um, at that time, like, um, learning about candle magic, weirdly enough, and like using like that, like Mm -hmm. Psalms to do candle magic, my, um, Mm -hmm husband and I we didn't have like a house to ourselves we were still living with my parents okay so I trying to manifest a home for us and now I'm sitting in a home that we manifested so um I wait quick question going back to your okay I have two questions
0: actually yeah. <laughs> was that the first time you ever felt a presence
1: uh that oh. you
0: that you like I don't know if you've ever thought about this but like have you felt God before that or was this the first time you actually felt like a well, I've definitely
1: felt Jesus before because I definitely like I remember distinctly after leaving the church like I kind of felt I remember feeling his hands on on my shoulders okay definitely the first time because I I visually like saw something i remember like seeing light like while i was like birthing scott like i remember seeing like that like really bright like yellowy white like yes yes yeah like yeah and i remember seeing that while i was actually like birthing him and i feel like that was like i can like see it as i talk about i feel like that was like almost like the universe opening up as like he's coming out you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so that was like i guess the first time i had like a physical premonition but i've definitely like felt like Jesus's presence in my space before I think that's
0: so awesome because I like I say I grew up Catholic and like you the way you talk about Jesus and the way that you connect with him I think was something that I always wish that I had because okay. he just seemed like a mythical figure to me you mm-hmm. know what I mean and like that's why when I came across your page and I saw you were working with him and this leads me to my second question and 10 I'm sure you feel the same with like the church and you're like he answers you. What do you mean? He's actually real. <laughs> yeah. And that's no slight towards him. It was just the way that we were raised, um, mm-hmm. in church, mm-hmm. make it so cold. But my second question is, you said you use Psalms to yes. manifest your home. So you actually work with the Bible in your spell workings.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. I use Bible verses in my spell works. That's um, incredible i know (laughs) i love love, it's the easiest spell book it was like literally written for us kind of thing um i don't always use psalms in my magic i'll sometimes use like i i love the new testament because i love using jesus's words or i actually do work with i know paul is problematic but i work pretty closely with him he's Um, knocking
0: on my door still by the way i i know i when we filmed your episode on your podcast i was like i think saint paul is trying to get into my house but i'm scared
1: he's he's definitely a more like i would i would very much uh, compare his energy to loki um except loki's more like chaotic and paul is more persistent okay and he's very zealous he kind of reminds me of the guy on the corner of the street and in new york city that's screaming it's the apocalypse!" it's coming soon like that's who Paul reminds me of I love that energy like it's so weird and great um
0: (laughs) I yeah I'm unsure I'm unsure about it because you know I'm tipping my toe back into the
1: yeah the the Abrahamic stuff the
0: Abrahamic thing going on here because Italian folk magic shout out to my ancestors thank
1: you shout Uh, out to the Italians I got
0: another question (laughs) How did you learn to do magic with the Bible? Did you just, did it just come to you? Did you just feel like that was what you were supposed to do? Or you were like,
1: and did you feel like you
0: were going to hell?
1: No, I never, so I, here's, I never believed in hell. Okay, we we were going to ask you that. Do you
0: believe in hell?
1: No, I've never believed in hell. Even when I was like, I I guess I believed in hell for like maybe a year or two while I was in the evangelical church Mm -hmm. and it was still like forced belief, but I always grew up like as I said before my mom was a pretty progressive Catholic so she never pushed the idea of hell with me and like always pushed the idea that everybody goes to heaven so when I learned about that like difference in church I'm like oh they they think people actually go there like it was like a very um I didn't understand that kind of thing that that was another thing that just did not make sense to me because like there's literally bible verses right like um I believe this is in, in Romans if I, if I'm, if I remember correctly, but it says something to, along the lines of like, it, it doesn't matter how far you are from East to West, you know, like in Sheol or wherever, like the, there's no place you can go where God's love can't reach you. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then there's also in Psalm 23, which is like the most famous Psalm. It literally said, David writes, like, even if I'm in the pits of Sheol, your love will still come to me there, which is like, Sheol was the um, ancient Hebrew of, "Quote unquote equivalent to hell it's still okay. not, not it's, the same
2: thing it's not the same but it was one of their beliefs in the afterlife yeah
1: I think it was like more like just that's where the dead go to rest it wasn't necessarily like a place it, of torment
2: there was a lot of ancient kind of talks with rabbis during that period about the afterlife and mm-hmm. Because of course, in Jewish and of course Christian Catholic tradition, there is a difference in not only the afterlife, but if there is, you know, the resurrection.
1: Hmm. Yeah the the Jewish afterlife and the Christian afterlife are two completely oh, yeah. different things. Yes. And that was another when I learned that Jews don't believe in hell. I kind of was like, why am I going to believe in hell if the people who knew God before us don't believe in hell?
0: I think that's the best way to look at it. I also never believed in hell either growing up in CCD. I never believed that just because someone did something or made a mistake Mm -hmm. and they didn't repent for it, which I can't stand the like, repent, repent, repent. Mm -hmm. It it literally gives me nightmares. It's like, I don't, I never believed that a person was going to burn for eternity because-
1: you can't have an all-loving God and a God that throws people to burn and for and be tormented for eternity in the same sentence.
0: Yeah. Right. And yeah.
1: It just does not. It's like another thing that just does not.
2: Especially if it's an all-loving God who's throwing people who loved a certain, you know, individual, especially if they're part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Right. Yeah. God's love would translate through, of course, their own love
1: yeah i mean there's a verse in john is it first john or is it john? i think I believe it's first john and it says like he who has loved has known god it's i mean obviously i'm paraphrasing so you have to like yeah 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 yeah. Language, yeah you know but um there's verses that allude to the fact like if you love you know god so like why are we saying that mm-hmm. right It's
0: it's political propaganda that's where it's a a different belief that wasn't
1: what is the i think there's a there's a documentary that's coming out and i forgot exactly what it's called but you there's another podcast it's called the Yass jesus podcast y-a-s-s jesus and it's it's run by it's awesome it's run by two gay men and i love it like christians and they go through like bible stories and find queer representation within the bible Mm -hmm. Um, they also like do baked bible stories where they get like super high and then like will recite bible stories and it's absolutely i'm gonna have to listen like it heals my religious trauma that was like that was probably the first thing that i i started fine i so with me the thing besides you know not being able to go to therapy the thing that bothered me the most about my evangelical church was their view on the queer community because yeah. again like love that that just didn't make sense to me and um we actually had like a night where this is, we were shown this documentary by this this guy his name is guy hannon funny enough and um he uh made this whole documentary about how he used to be same-sex attracted, which is what they call people who are gay and, like, attracted to people of the same gender, Um, and how he, like, prayed to God and, like, now is, like, married to a woman, and he still feels it, but, you know, like, this is what you do to be right. It's, like, it It was probably like top 10 most traumatic things I've ever seen in my life um it really like scarred me so that was the first thing I had to personally deconstruct was that like hatred towards the queer community because like it I never fell into that dogma even like when I was in the church like when my best friend was trans like you know obviously they were not in the church but um like I, I never really fell into it, but it still like traumatized me a lot. Right. So I started listening to the Yes Jesus podcast, and that helped like significantly, just deconstruction wise. So mm-hmm. even if you're not part of the queer community, um, this podcast is like absolutely fantastic. gotta
0: listen, it. it sounds incredible, and I'm here for getting high and reciting Bible stories by so people amazing. part of the lgbtqa plus. That's incredible. Oh, Thank you for that. Recommendation. Um, okay, another thing I wanted to ask you while I'm okay, so you use the Bible, so you mm-hmm. felt like you were just trying you just knew to use it. Like someone was yeah. telling you to use That's it. That's
1: like definitely um so this is like a little convoluted but my my dad grew up in Haiti he's not Haitian but he grew up in he, he was born in South Carolina and when they were like when he was I don't know six months old he moved to Haiti and he he was raised there until he was like 12 13 years old okay so he he his first language was Creole his first like religion was voodoo um, and a lot of voodoo practices involve the Bible yes answers. yes yeah. mm-hmm. so when I was starting to leave the church he was like he was telling me all these stories about he actually was a like a uh, an assistant to a voodoo priest when he was in Haiti so he was awesome. telling me all these stories about how they would do like certain things with the bible and they would knock specific ways and I don't do voodoo I don't do anything of that practice because I'm not like from that culture like ancestry wise right. you know what I'm saying right. But it definitely like sparked something in me where I was like can you use the bible for spell work and yes. I like started, re- I, saw- I researched it for a minute. I saw that somebody had a book called like Power of the Psalms, using the Psalms and spell work. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's a thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me just light, because in my Catholic church, they light candles to like talk to God, yes. right? So mm-hmm. I was like, let me just light a candle. I'll put some crystals around it and I'll read a Bible verse and I'll call it a manifestation. And that's how I started doing spell work.
2: <laughs> I love that. Great. And I love how people- are like oh my gosh like there's no like spell working or witchcraft in you know the history like of catholicism and christianity like once it takes hold Mm -hmm. and starts moving through um you know europe and i just love that they're like it's not it's not there like nobody does witchcraft like it you can't do that and i love (laughs) showcasing to people that people were doing divination with the bible they would flip open a page and just put their finger down and they would read of course that verse and that was the same thing of kind of like doing tarot cards like that was to kind of help you in whatever you needed
1: Mm -hmm. no that's exact and they, they did that in my evangelical church too so it was like really like interesting but that's really that's how I got into spell work um and then I figured out that you could use the tarot deck that I you know I found from my father in law along with the spell work to either like charge the spell with certain you know energies from the tarot deck so like I would what be- I do
0: yeah. I do that too
1: I would do use like the Ace of Pentacles. Yes, yeah like I the- that on Patreon.
0: Like that. Mm -hmm. Use your tarot deck. I literally draw the energy from the cards. I feel like they have their own energy and persona. Yeah. I've always felt tarot decks have their own persona. Everyone's different, but the cards mean the same thing. And they all draw upon the same energy of like, no matter what deck, the Ace of Pentacles is the Ace of Pentacles. Right. So like. money.
1: There are definitely like, I have certain decks where I'll like read the Six of Cups in a different way that I'll read the Six of Cups in another Mm -hmm. way. But at the root of it, it's all inner child work. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. I would use the the tarot deck to either like boost the spell or I would use it to like figure out what I needed to do in order to make the spell work. Like what man, mundane actions I had to take, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to make it work. Um, so that was really how I started doing it. Um, and then it kind of just like fell from there.
0: That's incredible. And I, I, I did see doing that on TikTok. So I was like, I need to ask her about using the Bible in your workings because I think- I would never think to do that because I think I would have been so scared of like where do you even find it and where do you mm-hmm. go to find the verses and things like that but the fact that it just spoke to you you just did a quick google search definitely someone was leaving you there I'm into like you were being guided to be like oh yeah
1: yeah well my ancestors did this like shit all the time apparently I mean like with Italian full practice yes. do this all the time and um yeah. I recently learned that even like my dad's like grandmother, she um, was one of the first people to help bring like churches um, to a specific part of. I forgot exactly where it was, if it was like the Middle East or where exactly. I believe it was back in Bethlehem. So my my family's from that kind of area, like that part of the Middle East were Palestinian. And um, however, like then they moved to Haiti and she was a big part of the church there. However, when she learned how corrupt the church was in Haiti, she um, ended up like having her own church where she would teach people just the bible and not like have them tie and whatever and they had like specific laws that were meant to like oppress um more like poor populations like mm-hmm. you to have like specific dress to go and like a you know, specific style of clothing to go places and she would like buy them for people and she was like fucking with the church before <laughs> it was even a thing mm-hmm. i'm like oh so this is from yeah. both sides okay <laughs> um yeah
0: well back to your point too like with ancestors doing it like you just said, italian folk magic most of the time is just a prayer using rosaries it's nothing crazy they would just pray they they have certain prayers for Mm -hmm. saints for jesus for mother mary and like that's and certain ways to petition them but it was a lot of prayers a lot of using the bible a lot of just using
1: yeah a lot of using candles lighting candles and stuff that was like a huge huge thing in catholic magic and like catholicism in particular so you know Mm -hmm. it just felt natural
0: yeah. And it the when you even say it, it doesn't even sound like it's like some crazy thing that you're doing. It just sounds like that's what people used to do. And people are not doing it anymore because they think you're going to hell. Yeah. So,
1: right.
0: Um, My next question for you is, okay. So since you are a Jesus witch, there is no hate like Christian love sometimes. Oh, wow. Do you get the most <laughs> insane comments about yeah. from people in your own community being like, you're going to hell, you're teaching crazy things
1: i get a lot of you should know better like you should know better
0: (laughs) (laughs) uno reverse you should know better
1: like what are you doing jesus says matthew 5 you know like look at the speck that's or look at the plank that's in your own eye before you take the speck out of your brothers so look at your own relationship with god before you look at mine thank you
0: Okay. And like, this is exactly how I want it to like this to come to fruition today, because there's a lot of things on the internet where people are telling each other, like how you're supposed to have a relationship with a God or Mm -hmm. a goddess. And it's like, that's really your own business, how you're going to have a relationship with them. It's no one else's business. Like, I don't care how you have a relationship with Jesus. It's different than mine is right now. Right? Because... Mm -hmm you're, you're on your path. I'm on mine. And I actually have gotten this and ten to, we mm-hmm. get this in our own Hellenic pagan community. So it's everywhere. It's not even just Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's yeah. gotten their noses into other people's business where people have actually not liked my view of Hades and Persephone's relationship because of the story of like how he kidnapped her and she didn't mm-hmm. want to go to the underworld, but I see them in a very loving relationship and they present themselves to me that way. So people hate that I see it and that I express that so openly online people are always so quick to toss the stone
1: yeah
2: and to cast their the first stone Literally. but once it's about them and somebody mm. the tides turn and it's about them then they're nervous to cast that stone
1: yeah well i mean jesus says he who is without sin should be the one that cast the first stone and everybody in that situation walked away because they know that they're all now I mean, today
2: everybody's just flinging stones left
1: and right i mean yeah, yeah. it makes no sense like before one of my favorite lines in a song it's by a Christian rapper his name is Andy Minio the song is You Know the Drill he says before you throw a stone you should hold a mirror so before you go and leave that comment on somebody great. else's post look at yourself like yeah.
0: come on 100% and like you, like everyone's relationship with the divine is going to look mm-hmm. entirely different no matter if you're worshiping the same yes. affinity everyone and i think we can all take that from this right here is like everyone's relationships going to look vastly different but it doesn't mean that 100 percent. You're it
2: not,
0: doesn't mean that somebody's doing it wrong yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah like i look at lena and i'm like she is everything that jesus teaches she works with him in witchcraft and I'm sitting here getting sweaty feet and sweaty hands thinking about Jesus. Like <laughs> we have two different things, but I am not going to look Lena in the eye and be like, you can't do that with Jesus. Because at the end of the day, that makes me no better than the people leaving hateful comments. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the, the minute you become like that is when you become what you hate. Like that's like not.
2: And then that cycle continues. Yeah, it just
1: it makes no sense. Um, But yeah, I get the the crazy comments. It's. It's dumb. I just block and delete them. So if you're uh, going to put a stupid comment on my video, good job for wasting your time, fam. Like I do not even read it. <laughs> why did um, you even
0: bother? You didn't change my opinion or mine. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, every, every once in a while, I'll make a video response. Like yeah. you got to get me on a spicy day. And yeah. then I'm also <laughs> like, like, um, like I spent the last one I did with somebody left a comment on like, you can't serve two masters. Okay have you read that verse? It literally says like, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot love God and love money. It's about loving money. And in this verse, it's like Matt, it's in Matthew six, Jesus goes on to say like a little bit further down, like, you know, the sparrows don't worry about what they're eating. You know, like the grass doesn't worry about how it's going to get green. You know, like, why are you worrying? Why are you worrying about the clothes that you wear? Is that going to add an inch onto your height? like why are you worrying yes. don't worry about these things it has nothing to do with doing being a christian and doing magic or being a christian and mm-hmm. working with another deity it has nothing to do with that but christians constantly love to throw that verse at me and i'm like have you have you read it have nope. you read it, it
2: the answer is no <laughs>
0: yeah
1: the, the answer is the answer is no i mean like and it's pretty apparent when they delete the comment and the block me because
0: comment not available afraid. <laughs> also too like like we said before and then I have two more questions for you <laughs> I'm like these keep coming up because like, I just have so many questions Ted do you have any before I continue on um has there been any backlash
2: about you coming out and being so welcoming and forthcoming with talking about Asherah
1: no not yet honestly <laughs>
2: Not yet. not yet because um, I only ask because it's when I first found out that, you know, Asherah was a part of your practice, mm-hmm. that spoke to me on a different level as an archaeologist because she has been edited out oh, of yeah. the Bible and everybody is kind of looking for that, um, that goddess counterpart to mm-hmm. Yahweh. And it's fascinating to see the archaeological evidence to support that. Um, but everybody is kind of like hush hush and mum on her.
1: I don't understand why. I think it's because like, to be very honest, I think it it would start to like cross over sometimes into like an anti-Semitic place. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk about like Asherah worship, you have to talk about ancient Semites worshiping her and yes. how uh, Judaism started as a polytheistic religion. And that might be a little bit more challenging, especially because Judaism and, and Jewish people are more mar- marginalized today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of it stems from there. However, like, Throughout the Hebrew religion and the Christian religion, you see evidence of a divine feminine, like throughout the Proverbs with wisdom being referred to in she, her pronouns. And Proverbs is used within both the Christian and Jewish religions. And then in, you know, the Christian religion, we have the Holy Spirit, who is also sometimes referred to using she, her pronouns. Right. She's obviously still there, but it was Mm -hmm. definitely like edited for political gain, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I always believed that.
1: I I just found that fascinating. Yeah, I <laughs> I find it really fascinating too. And then like I don't know, I just I don't understand. Another thing like I question about the church is like why do so many women like just go with it when we're treated as lesser? And it's like not in the sense where like Eve was an equal helper to Adam. We're like literally treated as like lesser beings in the church and then yeah. it's labeled as equality.
0: I don't know. I wonder if it's fear of speaking up or just kind of like being a sheep, right? Like, yeah. this is, I guess it's hard when you're in it. Like, and then, like we all know, like when you get mm-hmm. out of it, you're like, whoa. Um, but I always think about that. I'm like, I don't know why as women, we don't stand up more. Yeah.
2: And even like in like apocryphal writings, like when you do have women kind of like coming to save the day basically. And I'm thinking of, you know, Judith, um, slaying uh Holofernes like in that aspect she literally saved the day but is still viewed differently yeah at the end of it so I don't know if it was like kind of just carrying on the patriarchal aspects of the periods that it was written in I don't know
1: I don't know either it's it's something where I just like I don't really have an an answer for it. All I know is, like, if you look at the story of Jesus, the first, like, pastor, disciple, like, preacher, whatever, was a woman, because Mary Magdalene was the first one to find, you know, Jesus' body was resurrected, and she was mm-hmm. the first to ever, like, mm-hmm. speak the gospel – so clearly Jesus had a very different opinion about women. I mean, the way he treats the woman at the well, like the Samaritan woman right. at the well, um, the woman with the, the stone that we were talking about, the way that he always treats women is very different, like starkly different than men in his culture would have. So... And he's he's pro-women, pro-women's rights,
2: pro-sex work. Like... He's pro-everything.
1: Pro-tax he, he, oh, <laughs> collector. I mean, like, look at Matthew. Like... He, he very much knew and I mean this might say, sound like a weird sentence to say but Jesus like knew how to stay in his own lane in a way where like he said at one point you know give to Caesar what is Caesar's give to God what is God you know like he's basically saying don't like make everything about this you know like some things are meant to be men- mundane and some things were meant to be like you know gone through a more, more mundane lens obviously you could always go through things full of spirit but like recognize that there's gonna be parts of your life where you need to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God's gods you know
0: right no that's perfect way to interpret it um okay last question (laughs) I have so many but I'm like I know we've been doing this for an hour already and I could be here for like five hours because I just want to know everything (laughs) I know my Catholic inner child is you work with Jesus um okay I want to get on the topic of astrology because you're not only a Jesus witch you do actually have astrological services Mm -hmm. and my question to you is do you believe astrology actually exists in the bible and have you found evidence of that is that how you came across it like how did you get into it
1: um so astrology like I I have been into astrology for a long time my eldest is going to be seven this year so I've been studying it since like he was born so i don't know exactly like what led me down that rabbit hole but i do remember kind of like looking backwards and like justifying or no this is what happened i i learned about astrology and then i went into the cult so I was able to learn in the Bible almost like in real time. Like I I would say like I learned about astrology Mm -hmm. probably six months before I went into the cult. So at the same time as I was learning astrology, because that was the one witchy thing I never gave up when I was in the church. I love it. Bible justified astrology too damn much for me to give it up and I'd even tell them I'm like there's verses in Luke where Jesus says to look look in the stars for signs of him you know in Genesis I shared with you guys Genesis 1 Um, it says and God let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years like it's very clear God created these stars as signs there's another verse um, I believe it's also in Genesis where it talks about how God named every single one of the stars that he put into the sign so it's
0: everywhere but, it's everywhere in the Bible yeah
1: it's everywhere in the bible that like clearly god made the stars god made them as signs god named them and is you we are allowed to use them as dates to mark i mean like think about jewish holidays they're all done they have a a lunar calendar right all done by phases of the moon pretty much um same with easter easter is like the first full moon after the first like sunday of spring
2: right yep everybody's basing everything off of the lunar calendar um a lot of stuff starts after sunset mm-hmm. so
0: what comes out in the darkness the stars that, that's why i never got why christians demonize astrology oh, because it
1: have christianity without astrology right I mean, like uh- <laughs> the best
2: astrology story um the birth of christ in
1: bethlehem and mm-hmm.
2: the magi are traveling following the star
1: yeah and they they went they they knew right because of where the planets were and like the they knew because of the um um, what these planets meant and what the signs meant and where like everything was they knew like what this was symbolically meaning and they traveled after seeing the north star they traveled for three years they did not arrive to baby jesus until he was a toddler it's something i did not learn i didn't know that yeah because everybody makes it
0: sound like they got there that night like they just took two steps and they were that's how like because this (laughs) is my my inner child ccd and me i was half listening half staring out the window like oh i gotta be at school again Mm. um who is this jesus guy anyway why am i here Uh, like the
2: nativity scene is like mm -hmm. two hours tops yeah everybody got there on
1: time no that's not what happened. We were perfectly dressed. Perfectly, yeah, dressed. perfectly dressed. Perfectly they dressed. They already had these gifts set aside, you know, like whatever. No, <laughs> they were traveling for a really long time before they actually got to Jesus. And they like knew based on the signs where were in the sky, like what they were looking for. You know, like if we didn't have astrologers, we wouldn't have Jesus and we wouldn't have Christianity. So
0: Yeah. I really wanted to touch upon that because tonight we're not astrology girls. We say this every podcast episode. It is not our thing, but we do understand that it has existed in some of the most ancient civilizations. So to think that it wouldn't exist in other belief
1: systems, especially the Bible, um, it's just barbaric to me. It's crazy. It, It Absolutely. I mean, like look at Virgo, Virgo, the virgin that comes after the lion that's like Jesus is the lion of Judah. Mary is the virgin. I mean, I like come on. Jesus was the sacrificial ram. That, like, yep. I mean, like the patriarchal aspect of God, which is in Capricorn. I mean, like everything is so
2: interconnected. And then I had a student actually ask me about like a, astrological signs that then connected into birthstones. Mm. And there's even evidence for birthstones in the,
1: mm-hmm.
2: in uh, yeah. in the Bible.
0: There's crystals in the Bible, isn't there?
1: Crystal in the Bible. In Revelation, it talks about the twelve stones that are yes the gates of heaven, and like amethyst, serpentine, twelve stones. Oh my
0: god! Doesn't that that seem familiar? That there's twelve months. Oh my god! And then people on the internet are like, "You're going to hell because you used a rose quartz crystal." I'm like, or you're worshiping rocks. It's like, do you read your own literature? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're worshiping a book like okay like you want to play that game like i mean and, and you can really argue that christians like most christians most evangelical churches not everybody don't want to like whatever but most evangelical churches really follow the twisted words of paul and not even jesus most of the doctrine comes out of the letters by paul
2: yep uh, jesus right.
1: so i mean like do you really believe in jesus or do you believe in paul that's the right
2: that's what it comes down to. And I think a lot of people forget that Jesus died at age, like around like 33, 33. CE. So, you know, the lifespan wasn't as long as it was to, as it is today, but you know, his descendants were still active after his death. So it's like, we only get a, a snapshot within those 33 years of Jesus.
1: We only get the gospels only cover his three-year ministry. From there Thomas, you 30 go. To 30 to 33. That's all we we have. I mean like obviously there's the infancy gospel of Thomas which is mm-hmm. really like interesting Jesus like kind of chaotic. I would say like that's where Loki and Jesus merge is in the <laughs> gospel oh my god. <laughs> like the same deity right there. Um no. But um there's also the one story that we have of him being 12, where he like ran away from his parents and they found him in the temple where he was teaching the rabbis. And he goes to his mom, mom, why wouldn't you look for me in my father's house? Like you sassy bitch, I'm gonna like slap you.
2: That's when Mary's gentle parenting came about.
1: That's where Mary's like, Lena, this is why we're gentle parents. Like this is what we, in this situation, we just say, don't do that again. I love her Like she's she's so like I just I couldn't even imagine being a. have been so perplexed but it just says like Mary like pondered these things in her heart it's like oh like she's so good I love that
0: I love that too it actually <laughs> makes me feel better about her too as like a figure because you always think she's so far away but oh. I never actually read the bible so I can't I read it in a different light today as I do my own studies within um you know different types of belief systems that I'm in, but I, I never... Maybe I'll have to explore it through a different lens.
1: It's fun. There's also like books that you could read that are outside of the Bible that like are like give the Bible a little more clarity to them. Like there's this one that we're going to be in my my um, Discord group, which is called the Jesus Witch Church. And in September, we're going to be starting this book called Jesus Through Pagan Eyes. Yeah. So that's another like thing that you could learn, like read to learn more about Jesus. There's also the book Misquoting Jesus, which talks about all like, it talks all about how the split of the translations of the Bible happen and like where you know, things get a little bit rockier, you know, what I'm it's saying? getting I
0: shady. Where is it getting yeah. shady?
1: It's it's a the, there's like a lot of resources that can help to just help you um, deconstruct before getting back into the Bible. As, as much as I love the Bible, I don't think it's required to have a relationship with Jesus. I don't think it's required to read it to have a relationship with God um, or with source or whatever. Like you don't need to bind yourself to a book if you don't want to. I have one last
0: question and I love that because I feel the same way. It's like, you don't, you, your relationship with them is your relationship with mm-hmm. them and how you choose it to be and how they agree to it and how they choose to interact with you. So yeah. people telling divinities what to do and how they need to act with, with certain, uh, their followers, practitioners, weird to me, like <laughs> that's I, bold. It's yeah. Um, but my last question to you is before we go, cause I know we we've had you here for quite some time is. Um, people that are trying to get into Jesus witchcraft, what do you recommend for them? Like where are they supposed to start? Like where do you recommend people start? And I know that might be a hard question because you can mm-hmm. kind of start anywhere, but I'm sure you get people that are like, I really want to connect to Jesus in the way that you do. Where do you usually send them? Is it to like you? Is it your podcast? Like where yeah. So I'll like
1: <laughs> to Bug my yourself. podcast <laughs> because um that's like I honestly and I don't like, I don't really mean to toot my own horn there, but there's not a lot toot it. Of, toot it. Like, there's not a lot of resources that are made specifically nope. for Jesus witchcraft and like Jesus witchery or Bible-based witchery. And a lot of it that you see is like um, either involves like other deities or other belief systems where I like, I just introduced like working, working with Loki into my practice, but I don't post about it. And I don't like teach people how to do that because that's not like what you come to me for, right? You come right. to me for, you come to me for Jesus. And that, you know, Loki knows that and he has to stay in his own lane there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, Yeah, no, I, I teach people how to work with Jesus. So I definitely think my podcast is a great place to start. There's also like, especially if you're um, having a hard time deconstruction, specifically in letting go of that, like, fear with, like, God and, like, faith, I have an episode called um, Faith Without Fear, something similar to that title, and that's, like, the episode I really send a lot of people to, to, like, start your deconstruction journey, because Mm -hmm. that's, like, I feel like the most important place to start with Jesus witchcraft is to learn how to not fear Jesus. Right. You cannot practice with him, and you cannot have spells, like, I mean, like, obviously you can, you can do whatever you want, but I don't feel like it's going to be effective if you don't trust him and if you're afraid of him. And if you're afraid that, you know, doing the spell work is going to wind you up in hell, like that's not, I don't feel like that's going to be effective. So I definitely recommend for people to um, deconstruct their faith first and then research different types of witchery, like green witchery, kitchen witchery, you know, death witchcraft, whatever it is, and go from there because there's a lot more resources on them and see how you can incorporate the Bible into that, right? So like with death death witchcraft, if you're going to do a spell to try to like, Uh, connect the spirit more right look up bible verses that help you connect with spirit more or if you're doing kitchen Mm -hmm. witchery, maybe look up some herbs and oils and things that you can add into your dishes that were also used in the bible and their magical properties and things like that so like kind of you, you kind of have to work backwards and then figure out how to add yourself um but if you do want like help with Creating Bible based spells. That's a lot of what I do on my Patreon. I teach people how to use the Bible in their spell work and I give like specific recipes and like things like that. So that's also a place you could go for more resources on that. I I mean,
0: I have a ton of resources. I mean, I follow you on TikTok and I find your content fascinating. And like we said, we always want to make sure we're bringing a guest on here that's going to resonate with us, that we find interesting, that resonates with our audience, that we also know does a lot of good work and provides resources. I scanned your Patreon. I saw. Um, We know. ever think you're gonna write a book one day like I really feel like you should I would read the shit out of it I'd buy it
1: my goal is to my like big goals in life is to one create a book and two have a physical location like like a physical church Like, that's
0: what I want. I, Lena, I just got the chills. Like, I really love that. And thank you so incredibly much for being on our podcast and for sharing all this information and for being you, because as someone who's been traumatized by a little bit of Christianity, it's very refreshing to have somebody who views it in a much more healthy and different way and accepting way. So truly thank you like it's helped me yeah
1: you take all the credit it's a lot jesus (laughs) just (laughs) thank you (laughs) just
0: just this
2: podcast and just like talking to you more um of course on your podcast and this one like it's 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 done something to my inner child like she is not so not so god-fearing anymore and
1: I'm so glad about that because I feel like with Jesus, a big thing for him is inner child work, especially because he focuses so much on children in the gospels. So, like, I, I really tell people if they want to, like, and this is like a silly tip, but if you want to do an offering for Jesus, like, inner child work and, and getting to know your inner child is a great place. That's another really great place to start with Jesus witchcraft. Is I love child. that.
0: I love that so much. And it's so fun because you get to do the things that okay. you wouldn't, you would always yeah. want to do as a kid. I love that. It's, but one it's- one final thing, Lena.
2: Where can the good listeners of our podcast find you?
1: So I'm on TikTok uh, at Lena the Jesus Witch. Same with Instagram. Same. Um- page there lena the jesus witch and then obviously like my discord and all those places is is where i hang out a lot of the time
0: i love that and we'll make sure we include that in the show notes but thank you again for being with us today we've been trying to get you for weeks because i know we were like (laughs) we're trying she's a busy woman i mean we are too i I know
1: i'm sorry i'm
0: meeting a celebrity (laughs) you also have kids kids. so like you also have kids lena does it all (laughs) We're really excited. And thank you again for everyone for listening to us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out Lena's as well. And we'll see you next week. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.